Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Sarah Olivieri, owner of Pivot Ground, who help nonprofit leaders transform their way so they can run their organizations with the tools and the frameworks that free up the time, their brain space, so that they can think differently and then get laser focused on their ultimate challenge, which is, hey, making an impact. Sarah, sounds amazing. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Can you expand a bit more on that and tell everyone you know, where you are in your business today and the kind of people that you love working with? Yeah, well, I love helping. I love business in general, but I love helping nonprofit CEOs. And it's really twofold. One is, I mean, everybody who's worked in a nonprofit or in the nonprofit space knows like you just feel amazing when you know that your work is impacting so many people many times over. But also from a business nerd perspective, nonprofits as businesses are more complex and more dynamic than for profits, and I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of complexity from an academic perspective. And so, to me, that's like an extra fun challenge to work with. And so often, the process of being great at dealing with complexity is being great at creating things that are simple and elegant. Because the more complex something is, the more simple the approach needs to be, or it'll fall flat in the in the face of complexity. So that's who I work with, who I love working with. Um, and it's it's been a journey to get there. <laughs> it started right. with doing marketing for nonprofits, um, which then took me to a place where I found nonprofits needed business operating support guidance, a framework, which I ended up developing a business operating framework for nonprofits. Um, And there was certainly that point when this need became so urgent, like my business took off in that new direction. I was like, wait, wait for me, I'm catching up. (laughs) But then I caught up and now um, it's been nice to be very much in my zone of genius and Mm. um, helping them in that way. Nice. Love that. So your clients, these nonprofits, when they come to you, traditionally, where are they? Where are they struggling? What's the the the, the common thing that you see time and time again that you need to help people to you know, overcome and work through so that they can get the benefits of working with you? Yeah, I call it the whack-a-mole problem. <laughs> it's not any one thing that they're stuck on. It's literally how do we do all of this? Okay. What you know, the game of whack-a-mole, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah, you I love one thing yeah, down, yeah. another one yeah. pops up, right? <laughs> Never ending. <laughs> yes, never ending. 
So do you help them play that game or be like, no, 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 no. Hey, let's slow this down. There's that one there. That's that's the way you need to focus on. Don't worry about the rest of them. That's the one. So what, what is your angle that you take to, to start them off? Yeah. So usually the first thing we're thinking of, like, let's stop playing whack-a-mole altogether. Let's understand why, right? Let's not even play the game would be my Aww. approach. Let's understand, let's play a different game, right? Because whack-a-mole is never ending as a game. Um, so let's understand why these things are popping up. Why are you in reactive mode? And that's where really I come from a systemic, I don't want to call it a top-down approach, but from a core approach. Let's mm. change the way you like fundamentally, let's choose a different way of operating so that we begin to know like before the little mole is going to pop up, let's just see if he's bubbling. And then we can turn those, I call them issues, right? All businesses have issues, things that are coming up. If you find an issue early, it could ease, just as easily be an opportunity as a problem, you mm. know, in its early stages. And so if we can start finding those issues in the early stages, then our world is full of opportunities and we're all in pro shifting to proactive mode because mm. whack-a-mole is a game, is a reactive game, right? Issue turns into problem, problem pops up and you're whacking problems all over the place. So um, if we can really get to that place where we're not having problems anymore, then we begin to have this whole new world of opportunity. A client just said to me the other week, she's like, and she used to be so overwhelmed, problems, fires, things falling apart. And she's like, now I just sit and like, good things just keep coming <laughs> to me. And of course she's doing work to make this happen, but yeah. at a certain point it starts to feel like magic, like great things just start falling out of the air. But her like really attuned point was that it wasn't just that the opportunities were appearing, but she now had the capacity and the tools to take advantage of them. Oh, the awareness right? to go to see the opportunities because, yeah. oh my gosh, at any moment, there's a threat and an opportunity. There are all mm -hmm. these things out there, but where your reticular activating system is focused, where you can put your attention. Now that makes a difference. So they're always out there. It's just yeah. what you can actually see. Love that you brought that up. Perfect. So, so tell me, yeah, how did you come about to, to build your own business around this? What was the moment that you're like, damn it, I want, I want my business. This is where I'm going to be going and this is who I'm going to serve. What was it for you? Oh, it was a multi-part journey. To be honest, I had, I had my son who was about to turn three at the time. And I live in an area where traditionally the economy has been repressed for a long time. And so I knew I needed to build a business that, that could be run nationally um, and that I could have flexible time. And then I, I would start, I was building websites for people. I was doing digital marketing. And I came to this moment where my business was starting to grow. I was at that moment where I was going to go from like, you know, freelancer building websites to a marketing agency. And I had gotten a big contract with a nonprofit, even though I didn't know that was my focus at the time. Nice. And right in that moment, as life does, I realized my marriage, I needed to leave my marriage. <laughs> and I had this, I decided I would enroll in this business training program specifically for web people. And I was like, and I was really poor at the time. And I was like, do I like basically max out my last credit? 
credit card to join this program. And my husband at the time walks in. I'm like, I better just check with him right before I do this. And I was like, you know, this, these people I've been following. And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And walked away. And I was like, click. (laughs) I bought the thing. It was like their Black Friday special. And then I think probably a couple weeks later, I left him. And then a few weeks after that, I was moving and also starting this 10-week business boot camp. Yeah. And in that boot camp, there was this exercise around, you know, if you really want to be able to have a profitable business and enjoy your life, you can't be the only one, right? You have to have a team and you have to really think about the value of your time and then how the team is bringing value. And in that same week that we had that module, I, we had, I had gone to a divorce mediator and she had given us homework to write out our ideal parenting schedule. And I was like, let me, let me say, well, if I have my ideal parenting schedule, let me run the numbers. Like how many hours do I have left to work if I'm spending the time with my son and maxing that out? And it was like 28 and a half hours one week and 32 hours the other week. Anybody who's been divorced and like shares custody knows that there's like this two week thing you're balancing. Um, and I was like, okay, if I have 28 hours a week to work, And then I, you know, was able to figure out like how much money do I need for me and my son and to have the future that I want. I was like, okay, I need 28 hours a week to make this much money. Go build that business. And that sent me on a path of intention really from day one. I built a marketing agency. um, And then, as I said, I transitioned to really a coaching um, consulting business when a client knew that I knew this stuff about running businesses. I had learned it in the for-profit space um, and asked if I would come down to DC where they were located and um, help her like retrain and reformulate how their team was working. Mm. I was like, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. And they're like, we're ready to pay me a lot of money to do it. I was like, oh, you'd pay me to do this thing. I would do it for free in a second. Cause it's like, you know, when you find that business thing, that's like yeah. so much fun for you. And it was in that moment that I was like, Oh, this is the direction I, I want my services to go in. But I also knew that just being a consultant, I don't see, I didn't see consultants getting great results. I was a very reluctant consultant. I wanted to find a way to have my clients get the better ideas for themselves. Mm. And not just have my ideas, because my ideas don't go very far if you don't have me or my kind of ability to execute them. Um, And so that's kind of what birthed the direction of my current business. I love that. So it's funny, little things that drop into place. Again, we're back to opportunities that you saw that was like, yes, that's the thing. That's what I want. Um, Yeah, of course, a number of hurdles in the way, but you were able to, you saw the vision. And whether you knew it or not, you were drawing out exactly what you wanted. That exercise that you did with, you know, how do I see my parenting? What's the time? What does that mean? Drawing out exactly where we're going, personally, professionally. It's massive. Without that, we're kind of just drifting along, trying to get to the place that we don't know where to go to. And it's and it never quite happens. We've all struggled with that. So let's fast forward to today and where your business is today because obviously you've been through all of that you've sculpted and crafted the business that you love and that makes such a difference in the world so with your journey as the entrepreneur where's your focus right now where where are you finding other new challenges at this level 
Yeah. Well, so, you know, as I, I was telling you before, I, I reached a phase of refining my business, which at first was not my favorite thing to do and has since become my favorite thing to do. Um, but in it, I've returned to where do I want to be spending my time? And it first came up for me, it was forced on me, right? So much of my journey, like first it was forced on me. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like if it's going to be forced on me, I want it my way, <laughs> right? Like uh, let me take back control um, of my of my own life. So um, it was forced on me in the pandemic. Um, my son who has anxiety and some learning disabilities and he was struggling in the school he was in. And they actually asked him, to leave for the remainder of the school year. It was a private school. And so I had like a five month summer (laughs) break with my son at home and my work availability went down to 12 interrupted hours a week, right? So like 12 hours a week isn't a lot, right? It was definitely less than the 28 I used to think was not a lot. And it wasn't like 12 good hours. It was like 45 minutes, make some ramen. Another 45 minutes for a call, like attend to a crying child, right? 45 minutes of work, fix a computer problem on the game, you know, like totally scattered. And I, in I don't want to say a panic, but in a rush, because the situation was on me, I was like, whoa, I have to simplify my business or it's going to crash completely yeah. and I will burn out. Right. And I don't want to do that. And I don't do that for him or me. And so at that time, I like stripped away almost all my offers and just kept my one core offer. And I just kind of like coasted on that. And then as he got back into a school that started working for him, I started, you know, okay, let's, let's build up that offer. Let's refine. And now as I've started to add some new offers back in, um, they're much better than my old ones. They're much more aligned because I'm so aware that, well, I have more than 12 interrupted hours a week to work. My son may need me again like that. And I don't want to be in that mode where it was kind of like dropped in my lap. I want my business to remain flexible so that I can move in and out of being available, you know, more or less hours in my business and not have it be like, oh, we got to, you know, change a whole bunch of stuff. So really making it more flexible. Um, Yeah. And so, and then a client actually told me, who's been a client for a long time, She recalled hearing the story that I just told you about getting divorced and like going through that exercise. And she was telling me how much of an impact it made on her and how it influenced her to become a client, hearing my goals about how much I needed to make specifically. And she said, I don't know if you ever achieved that, like those specific financial goals. I think at the time, like I needed to bring in $125,000 a year out of my business And I just went, huh, my goals have changed a lot. And the biggest change is I've dropped a lot of my financial goals because I think I've, I I know my base where I'm comfortable. And most of my goals are about time. They're time goals. How much time do I want to have available for this? Where do I really want to spend my time? You know, how much time do I want to be working on this or that? Or I'm a sailor, which takes up a lot of time. How much time do I want to do that? Right. How much time do I want to spend with my kid? All those things. And so now I'm kind of reevaluating like, 
what are my time goals and how do I stay true to those? Yeah, I love that. It's it's so true that we do focus on money and the financial and the impact as a business owner, but it's time is the most important variable that we have. We ain't getting time back. Mm-hmm. It's how do we collapse the time to go to do the things that we that we actually want to do and focus on the things that are right for us. As you said, family, sailing, doing the things that actually build you up so that you can show up and actually serve better, quicker, more efficiently with your clients. Yeah. Um, I also love the way you brought this in. It sounds like a sort of full circle. What you needed for this next iteration, you needed to simplify or crash. Those are your Mm -hmm. words. That's exactly (laughs) what you teach your clients to do with the stop the whack-a-mole. Let's all simplify. So I love that you're using the same flavor, the same principles, whether you knew it or not, that this is what I needed to be able to get to that next level. Yeah, it's intentional. I try to coach myself as I would a client, but I always get like the coaching way late and it's, I'm, uh, you know, I'm resistant maybe, you know, but it's like, I try to like set, I'm pretty good at wearing two hats compared to Uh most people. Um, But still like, I have to remind myself and I literally say to myself in my head, Sarah, like if you were your client, what would you be telling yourself to do? Okay, I guess I better do that. <laughs> you know, but it's hard yes, to but take isn't, your own medicine. <laughs> this is the curse of the of especially the coach. It's yes. so close to your problems. You know all the stuff. You know all the right, maybe the questions or the principles or what you you know all the right answers. It's right. just for <laughs> ourselves, we can't see the blind spots because we're too close, but we think we can do this. So as I said, wearing all those hats, self-coaching, self-mentoring, you'll get there. It's yeah. just gonna take more time. So what is that resistance for you? I guess let's sort of pull on on that thread. Yeah, I don't know that I resist it so much, but I forget to remind myself to do it, right? I have to remember to do it. And I think I've actually, as I was just thinking about it, had an aha moment, a new practice that I have because in my, I run a year-long group coaching program and, and people renew. And I've had this lovely moment in which the group has gotten small, but the main participants who show up every time are both well into their second year. I've worked with them a long time. They're seeing amazing results. You know, they are my true champion clients. And I've gotten into the habit of asking them. They want to help me (laughs) too. And we have this very trusting relationship And um, maybe at this point, they're at a place where they can reflect back the things that I'm doing for them. And I've learned how to ask better questions and listen and hear what is the thing that is really helping them that I can lean into. And not every... They used to always say, oh, we want more one-on-one time, right? Everybody wants more. And I was like, I can't give away more one-on-one time. That breaks Sarah's time flexibility. Mm -hmm. But they stopped asking for that at some point. They now really value their group experience. And they've asked for different things, um, more advanced things. And, And so using their language, which is something I always used to teach, like in marketing, first you talk to your clients. And then you take whatever they say and you use that as your marketing. Absolutely. (laughs) So, right. So, but doing that in a even more intimate way with these clients who are, are so experienced with me and what I would say, it's almost like I'm, I'm hearing my own coaching is like echoing back at me. Um, Mm. And, and I think being really attuned, um, 
you know, I've tried, I've had coaches, I've been part of communities and I'll help in one way or another. But as far as finding like myself and another person, I've, I've went through a long period of saying, I wish I could just find me as a coach for me. Um, because I've hired a lot of coaches and usually they're like, you already know all this stuff. I know (laughs) I can't really help you anymore. Like, (laughs) uh, So I've had to learn to be my own coach um, because, you know, because I tried, it didn't work. And and I am good. I think when you reach, in the beginning, there were many coaches who knew much more than Mm. I did, were much better than I was. And um, and so getting help was easier. It was easier to buy help. And then when I reached the point where like spending $20,000 doesn't get me better help than my own help for myself. Yeah. I had to move into this phase of really being my own coach and trusting my instinct and using all my own tools. I use the same leadership system to run my business as I teach my clients and leaning into that system and helping it, having it help me find clarity um, around wh- what, where I need to focus my time and what order I need to do it in. Absolutely. And this is the, the journey that everyone goes on from being a solopreneur to the CEO. And it sounds like you're on that journey. You haven't quite hit that CEO level yet of expanding your business and bringing in, in more people and seeing where that where that takes you. Where that's well, interestingly, I did. I did. And I, I pulled it back. I used to have a team when I was a marketing agency. I had like um, kind of six in-house and then a dozen um, partner agencies who all delivered for my clients for me. Um, and I just decided that I wanted to take my business another direction. I made it small. I built it up again till I had a team of like three or four. And then I, when I, when I did that, you know, when I only had 12 hours and that definitely impacted my ability to bring in clients, um, I shrunk back down. Um, but interestingly, I had, because I'm very good at systematizing and refining, I had a full-time assistant who was very high qualified and doing a lot of work. And she quit suddenly in September. And I realized that I didn't need to replace her. And that was very interesting. So that's when I went up from a three-day work week to a four-day work week, but I had systematized and automated and streamlined so much, I realized I didn't need her. And I listened carefully to that. I was like, okay. And And I've noticed like some people, depending on the type of business, you could get into, you know, the millions and be teeny and, and, you know, really streamlined. Or you could need a large team and not break it, you know, to get past half a million, right? And so I've been really careful because managing a team, which I'm good at, isn't necessarily something I want to do. Yeah. Uh, Again, back to intention about being efficient with the way you set your business up, what you actually want to achieve, not just having growth for growth's sake, but how does it impact your bottom line? How does it impact your time that is so, so precious to you? Um, and during this this way, you found that you know your systems that you're coaching helps you along the way. Yeah, haven't quite got the distance, and I know you had some obviously bad or you know some not overly productive experiences with coaches. That everyone has that. So it's yeah. how we find that next phase for you to start to see that rather than rely on your clients, which is a great environment to be in. 
So it's like a special moment, right? Like that I wanted to capture because I won't always be there um, with just the condensed, you know, champion clients right there every day being like, how can we help you? <laughs> You've helped us so much. Um, yeah, it is a special moment. And what's interesting, you know, is I'm very, I love that scale phase of business. I, one yeah. of my favorite things to do with clients is help them, you know, grow from CEO led to C-suite led, right? So there's like, mm-hmm. you, if you're just growing and scaling, right, you're going to, you're going to be the CEO and work on your business instead of in your business. And then you're going to have to build a leadership team and they're going to work not just in your business, but on your business. And you may decide to stay in, or you may be an owner who steps out. And as much as I love that process and I love coaching on that process, I'm pretty sure I don't want that to be my journey. Um, I want something probably more distributed than people, most people are comfortable with or looking for. And I love my free time um, (laughs) doing other things. So what do you want? What is the next step for you? Oh, that's um, interesting. I think I'm in a phase of reevaluating what I want. Um, I have... No, I'm going to take that back because I'm in a moment where I have everything I wanted and it didn't come the way I expected. And so in a way, I, I don't like, I don't know if I, I need to know what I, want, what I want right now, you know, and the reality is, so what's funny is I love sailing. I made more time in my business so I could sail with my dad, who's 76. Mm-hmm. I would have thought I needed more money to do more sailing, but I invested this time with my dad and he in turn, valuing so much that we did this together, invested in boats. And now we have two boats. (laughs) We just got a second one. So I didn't actually, I invested time in a valuable, in an important relationship to me, my dad. Mm. And I didn't expect it to have a financial return, but it totally did. Right. Again, and, like I said, with your, your client, these, these things kind of drop into place. Yes. And things become a little bit easier. Those nods and winks from the universe and God that, oh, this is it. I see how this works. It's beautiful. That's right. So it's kind of like I'm in this moment of trusting and feeling it out. Same with my son. I thought I needed money to send him to private school that with his learning needs and he would need that. And I went to an amazing um, child-centered private school that I loved. And, you know, he hate, he got he hated. We went through two private schools. He hated. He's ended up in public school. He still hates school, but he likes the public school better than he did the two private schools. So, well, there's a big chunk of money that <laughs> is just freed up, and and now I can have that time with him. And so it's like the more I have focused on time, the more either the money comes in or the what the money can buy appears. Even if I didn't, like I used to think like, I got to bring in the money and then I can buy the thing, right? And that's not really how life has worked out. I make the time and then either the money appears to buy the thing or the thing appears from some place I didn't expect it to. Oh, um, yeah. Nature abhors a right? vacuum. You create yeah. space. <laughs> it will be. Just think when you, you make room in your calendar, things will drop into place whether you want them to or not. So being, that's right. again, back to, yeah, we were chatting offline, being intentional with your time yeah. it makes yeah. such a difference and find the ways that are right for you to do this is is huge whether it's to grow your business or find what i truly want with my business or in that beautiful space that you are that i haven't got the clarity but i'm not quite sure i need the clarity i've got all the tools but i'm not quite sure how to use them and how am i growing it's a beautiful 
safe space to be in. So yeah, it's that moment. It is like that. Um, I think the the Quakers call, I went to a Quaker high school, like um, when you're in Quaker meeting for worship where everybody sits quietly, you're supposed to be sitting in expectant waiting, mm. right? You're just, you don't have any like presumption about what's going to come to your mind, but you know that you're just sitting there with your mind open, ready to receive whatever pops into it. And um, I think that like, that is the moment I'm in I'm okay. I'm safe. Everything I am doing in my business is starting to work better um, and be simpler to do because I got good at refining and aligning and I did all the things and I have what I want. And now it's like that expectant waiting. The next moment of clarity will come or mm -hmm. clarity or opportunity or direction or even wanting something, right? Like, I don't even, there's nothing I want. Like, tell me, like, you know, they ask that business question, like, oh, well, what, is, what are your goals? What do you want? Like, I have everything I want right now. So, you know, what do you want for Christmas, Sarah? I have everything I want. Like, that was my answer this year. So just to be in that moment and not fill it yeah. up myself and let the things come and it almost, you know, I, th I think of like kelp in the ocean, like just to be there. And not grab at anything nice, just anything nice that floats by, but really think, do I really want that? Because, you know, having stuff isn't always a benefit. <laughs> yeah. And you get to, you're in this beautiful space where you can explore. You yeah. can work out what, what is that opportunity? Where is that going to go? How can this benefit me? How can I improve myself and grow in a way that I want to rather than what I, what I need? Yeah. That's an awful lot that does control a lot of people. Um, control, you mentioned that at the start of yeah. this interview. You know, you needed control, you wanted control, and you've kind of found that control, but there's still a little bit inside you that I, I need to be able to hold on to that control from what I'm hearing with the Yeah, way. I mean, I think the control, power, freedom, and time, they're all kind of, you know, if you go after control too much or power too much, you'll actually lose your freedom. <laughs> so, right. But if you give up um, all control and power, you might also lose your freedom. Right. So I think there's like this careful thing at play with being aware. And I think, you know, at my aha moment right now is as I think about, well, what are my next goals? I have been having ruminating on this goal. Of like, I, I think I told you offline, like, I want more time, right? I need a new time goal. And I, and I think I've just realized the time goal that I need is about room to experiment, right? Like I actually have like a project is sit around and play with chat GPT, right? Like, <laughs> that's on my to-do list, right? So I want a little more space with a little more time space to be, you know, reading books or, you know, just to playing around with stuff, right? Just yeah. being open to the opportunities, stirring the waters here and there, but not Love like that. over committing <laughs> to any particular thing. Fantastic. Hey, Sarah, thank you so, so much for sharing your journey, what you're going through right now and all the fun and games that comes with you know, business at that next level. So thank you. It's been so much fun. Yeah, thank you. And that's, you know, that's been my word recently, even with my clients, like this should be fun. Let's, let's have fun. <laughs> Love it. That's kind of the point. I was, yeah. What, what's the point of business? If you can't you know, fuel your life and be passionate and just damn it, enjoy what you're doing. So Sarah, thank you so much. If people want to find out more about you, where can they find you online? 
Best places, pivotground.com. That's the name of my web of my company, Pivot Ground. And uh, you can read all about me there. You can look me up on LinkedIn too or Facebook. Um, I don't really tweet much, so don't find me there. <laughs> and uh, I'd love to chat with you. Awesome stuff. So everyone, if you're interested, go check it out. And Sarah, again, thanks again. This has been, it's been so much fun. Thanks, you too. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.